time, Friday night, when a group of old broads get together to talk about their week in business. Hope you had a good one too. Hello, it's Tiffy time. Yay, Friday afternoon. Oh, I won't tell you what my dad calls our Tiffy time. He, he's, he's actually listened to our podcast, by the way. Why is he? <laughs> How lovely. <laughs> I had some people over here and they're saying, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm sitting up to do my podcast this afternoon. And he said, oh, this is your, yeah, I, I won't repeat what he said, but it, it was Tiffy time, yes. <laughs> it was a more Australian version of Tiffy time. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> oh, so welcome, everyone. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I know we have, I, although we have had a hectic week. Um, we are, what, in the, the 2nd of December, 2022. And that means silly season has started for most of us. So um, I expect that leading up until Christmas, we're going to be very, very busy with all, uh, what would you call us? Elves. Elves, we're the Christmas elves. We're going to be very, very busy. Um, but I always love this time of year. I, I do love the um, frenetic energy. Um, frenetic? Yeah, that's the right word, the frenetic energy. I love the spirit that most people have. There are a few we could do without, but, you know, that's the same with any sorts of things. Hang on a minute, Gail, we need to pause just a moment. You know what my... Um, it's December 2nd, 2022, uh, and we're <laughs> So if you're wondering what Gail's laughing at, we just had to pause the video because um, my dad, who I love dearly, just bought me out a stand for my phone so you're not all looking up my nose as I'm talking to you. That's what she's cracking up at. <laughs> oh, that's going to stay in, you know. <laughs> So we're all very, very busy. It's part of the it's part of all of this, which is why we might be just a bit, little bit silly. It's called the silly season for a reason. Uh, gotcha. Probably not that reason though. <laughs> uh, so, what are we going to talk about this week? And you had some questions, didn't you? I we, did. We were so, trying to work out. so through the week, I um, things like how do we protect our data? Um, we all have our data in places like Zero, and we have it in places like um, Google Drive, I guess, and um, Microsoft. But how do we know it's protected? <laughs> so um, th th there was something very more specific about it too, wasn't there? Because um, you were asking me specifically about employee information and if, it, if someone yeah. leaves our organisation. Um, do we keep the data for indefinitely or do we um, delete it or what do we do? And that's... And how, how, how do I delete? So if I have something in the cloud or on zero or, or somewhere, how do I delete it without leaving a footprint? Yeah, and, and that's a really good question because we're, we're all told and um, quite rightly that once something is there, it's really, really hard to get rid of. Even mm. if you think you've deleted it, there'll be a shadow of it somewhere. And I think that's probably one of the best things to consider. And that's not saying you shouldn't use cloud services or use the online services, but it's something that you do need to put into your private and your risk management um, assessments, your privacy policies and your risk management assessments. Mm. Uh, I, I believe the answer that we came up with was you actually have to look at 
your provider and get the privacy policies and um, data management policies from your provider. Uh, now, they will all have them. They may not necessarily be easy to find. You might need to actually drop them a message and ask them for them. Mm. Um, but if you are using a cloud service, you really, really need to be using a reputable cloud service um, and you do need to understand what their policies are. So uh, I think it was, I, I know you went to look at Zero. I think I went to look at um, Google, wasn't it? And Google's was, unless you specifically request for the data to be deleted, it will be held indefinitely. Mm. And Zero um, was the same. But if you ask for the data to be deleted, they will go and scrub the data from their systems for you. Um, now, that's a pretty standard situation. Uh, if you could Google it for me, uh, Gail, what's, what does a GDPR actually stand for? I only ever remember the acronym now. But the GDPR was the new privacy rulings, or I say new, the privacy rulings that uh, Europe's put out mm, two or three, three or four years ago now. Maybe it's a bit longer. I mean, it's all kind of just faded into one <laughs> Um, and, and they put some really, really specific requirements around the management of data. And those specific requirements have driven a lot of the cloud providers and a lot of the service providers in how they manage data in general and making sure their, their policy is very specific. Um, you, as, as a business owner, uh, you probably need, well, you should have that written into your policies yourself. Mm. This yep. is how we manage the data. This is, you know, and even if that policy is we will manage the data in accordance with our service provider's data management policy, um, that's that's totally acceptable um, policy to have, but you do need to know it because if someone comes back to you and says, so what is that policy? You need to be able to pull it out and say, okay. here's what the policy is. So GDPR in Australia is the Australian Privacy Principles, and among other things, they provide rules about transparency, direct marketing and security of personal information. Um, the EU general data protection regulation sets out rules and yeah. guidance about how personal information should be treated. I think it's, I think our rules are... General data, what was it, the general data? Um, protection regulation. GDPR, GDPR, yeah, yeah. protection regulation, yeah. Yeah. Now they're pretty they're pretty um, strict too, very very strict down to how cookies are managed as well. I don't know. Um, well, I'm sure you've all noticed that when you visit websites now, it says you, you're, 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 this cookie this this cookie uses yeah. bytes. And I haven't. I've only ever had. I've only had one drink so far. <laughs> uh, this site uses cookies, and these are this the information these cookies gather. Do you accept this or do you not? Um, mm. that's, that's a direct uh, response to the GDPR yep. uh, requirements, sort of stipulation. Um, mm. I honestly, they drive me a bit batty, but it is what it is. And we, if you are dealing with Europe at all, if you're going to have anyone from Europe visiting your website, you need to have that sort of thing in place. So that, that's a general privacy thing. Uh, Gail was asking me a very specific privacy thing about employees, subcontractors, and even customers. 
do, does the data exist uh, for time in memorial on a service? Yeah, it does. Um, does it exist after you delete your service with that provider? I think yeah, it does. Is, yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yeah, it so does. we have some we have some pretty strict rules around that. So things like um, if there is a data breach, or even if there is a suspected data breach, um, you need to take reasonable steps within thirty days to conduct a data breach assessment, and you, it must be reported to the office of the Australian Information Commissioner and any affected individuals as soon as practical so that's pretty much what so that's if you suspect it, it you don't even need to prove it or it doesn't need to be proved which is really interesting when you look back on what's happened with Optus and Medibank and the other big breaches we've had because they weren't so I'm not sure at what point they suspected them and at what That's point exactly they right. proved them. But but these That's are exactly these are, right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean so, it's a really tough one. I mean, how what do they mean by suspect and how how is is it really a one percent chance that this might have happened? Mm. Um, I did a cybercrime um with the Australian Bookkeeping Network on Wednesday, which was absolutely fantastic. Oh, and the woman, cool. the woman that spoke, um, I can't think what her name was, but she was, she was, let me, sorry. Um, Karen LeBrew. So she originally came to speak about e-invoicing e and how fantastic this was going to be. But then she came and she spoke about cybercrime. So Karen LeBrew is on the board of Energy Queensland, which is one of the biggest Australian agencies in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, so she spoke about how keeping them safe and putting... Um, putting things into place that kept them safe. So one of the things they did was they had 10 board members. They gave them, I can't remember how many emails to look at, but what they needed to do was look at all these emails and work out what was scam and what wasn't. So these people are looking for scam for emails and out of this, I don't know, maybe 50, 10 of them were scam. No one picked the whole 10. No one. Now, now they're looking for scam emails and they couldn't pick them. So the rest of us like really kind of, you know, like that puts the rest of us in a different light because we're not looking for them all the time. So there yep. are um, every seven minutes there's a cybercrime. Yep. So $227 million is lost to email com compromise. And what's the class as an email compromise? So when you send an email to someone and you say to them, I'm, I've changed my bank account details, here they are, um, and, and we change them without checking, that's an email compromise. But when, I, but when we send an um, invoice to someone, then it, it, it goes into my server and then it goes into the email and then it goes into your server. There's all these points that it can be hacked. 
So what they're trying to do now is this e-invoicing e when it goes from one access to another and it's limited on what it can be hacked. So there was a really nice guy from... I'm just looking at the bats up in the sky. <laughs> they can stay over there and not in our tree. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. Go on. Um, so. Yeah, so you've got multiple points of um, compromise across yeah. multiple servers. And, and yeah. people can access that. So if I send an in invoice to you via email, there are several points that it can be interacted and somewhere in there, it can ask you to change the bank account or it can ask you to change information. And unless you actually look at it and go, uh, no, I know, Gail, and I know that she wouldn't do that, then you then we're actually at risk of that happening. Yep. Yeah, and also don't forget, too, that spoofing an email address um, mm. is less easy these days, but it's still possible to be done. Yep. It can look like it's coming from you and not be your email address at all, or it can actually come yeah. from your email address and not come from you at all. So the, one, of the, um, one of the guys so, yeah. that spoke to us from the city of Mundaring, um, and this had happened earlier in the week, he, he got an email from his boss asking them to pay this supplier really quickly this significant amount of money, and he looked at it and went, oh, I'm not game, I, I, I want approval to do that. So he sent an email back to his boss and he never answered. So we're talking like city of Mandurah, which is a, a reasonable size um, um, yeah. town. Yep. Anyway, so he sent it back, never got an answer. So he walked down the hallway, knocked on the door and went, what's this about? And the boss went, I don't know anything about it. So what had happened was, was they had spoofed the email address like you said sent it through asking for money from a supplier that they knew that we that they had used changed the bank account details but when he sent it back to his boss to for for it went um, to a different address because the raw to address was different yeah but it but it went to the bottom of his email pile So, like, it, do you know, like, it, it was actually there in his email pile, but it went right to the bottom so that it would take oh, him a while to answer. So, how, do you know, like, the oh, whole clever thing? Yeah. I know. And it's very clever. It's yes. very, very clever, but, yep. oh, my God. Yep. I know. So, so what were some of the um, strategies you were given around that thing? Because um, there are some really good strategies. Like, I love the... I love the um, what do we call it? Personware, walkware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and a lot of that it, that is is that if if you send me an invoice and I think it's dodgy or I think it's not right, I ring you and say, "Hey, Charlie, this tell me this is right." And that's some of the thing we've I think we've got a little bit used to accepting what we see in our emails, but it's a, a five minute phone call. Correct. Correct. And that was one yeah. of the biggest things that they said that we could do was simply, if you get something, don't take it and verify it. Yeah, I, I like that one. The other one that I always like is, um, so, you know, you and I use zero to begin with, which means that yep. if, if we send out invoices to someone, they can actually go to zero um, and see what they have mm -hmm. owing. 
from zero. They can find something from a previous email. They should have the link somewhere. They can yes. just go to it and have a look and see what's owing and then check yep. those invoices as well and see what's printed. If there is actually an attachment in the email, um, yes, you've got to be careful opening it, but double check that what's in the invoice, what's on, on, on the actual printed invoice is actually what they're asking you to pay against. Yep. That's another way of doing it. Um, I, I guess the other thing I wanted to, to sort of point out is you, you made a really good point about emails going from, you know, when you send an email, it goes from the sending place, it goes to an email relay, it goes to another couple of gateways to get to you, then it goes to our email server. And mm. then, depending on how we're running, I run um, an stay on my server. Some people use it, they download it to their local computer, so then you've got that extra point of compromise as well. Um, so you've got any number of places there that, that can be uh, compromised, exploited. Mm. What people don't realise is that emails are generally sent in the clear, which means they are not encrypted. They are human readable on transmission. Yes. Um, And, yeah, you know how I feel about people sending passwords through the email. We don't. Okay, sometimes sometimes you can't can't help but do that, but there are other ways of doing it. There are other ways of sending... um, passwords that don't go in the clear and if you can at all avoid it never ever put a password or a credit card or any um, personally identifiable information directly into one of them yeah no so the average so when a business gets hit by cybercrime the average small business the loss Per small business is $64,000. Yeah, okay. So, how do they calculate that? Do you know? Um, no, I no, I think they've just looked at what it, I guess, the average of, of the $227 million. Um, That's and a possibility. Across. I mean, I'm just trying to think what it would be because you've got your um, labor cost. You've got your reputation costs. You've got your rectification costs. Um, but you've it's got an, legal it's, costs. It's enough <laughs> to put most of us out of business, really. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, and when that, when they're talking about that sixty-four thousand, that is an average per business. So your mm. business might not get hit with that directly but you've still got loss of earnings because you're taking your time out to address this. You've still got um, all your labour that you've got to put into this to address it. Um, You've got your communications with your clients to deal with. I mean, it's a horrifying thought. Absolutely horrifying thought. And one of these happens every seven minutes. That's a scary thought. Yeah, so um, let's, let's just talk about some strategies that you as an end user might in, um, implement if you get something uh, that looks a little dodgy or you're not sure about. You, you were talking about people looking for spam emails and not, not knowing what they are. Um, I'll, I'll start with the first thing I do is I look at the sender. I look at the yeah. sender's email address. And if it doesn't look right, uh, it normally gets marked as spam. I don't even bother going any further. No, what and I, te- I tend to. I my first thought when I 
look at the email address it's come from. If I don't know it or it doesn't look right, it gets deleted. Um, yeah. I, I think the other this, one? Um, just ringing, like I know the people that I work with and I know the people that send me invoices and, and I or, or I send invoices too. So I think that it's having that conversation where I actually recognise your voice and going, do you know, like, did you send this? Um, especially if it's something that's not expected. Yep. The, the other one is don't open it. If you don't know the sender, if it's not, not familiar no. to you, don't open it. Don't open the document. Not a, not a Word document, not a PDF, not an Excel spreadsheet, uh, not a HTML document, not an image. Don't open attachments unless you are absolutely yeah. positive that this person sent you what they say they sent you. Um, yeah. the, the next one is having the links within the email. And if it says something along the lines of log into your account now and confirm your details and it gives you a link, most providers will not do that. Most providers will tell you to go to your account and log in. They won't give you a link. You need to go to their website manually to do it. So even if you've got a link in an email, just go to their website and do it. Go open a browser, go and do it manually. Make sure that you are on the website you think you are on. Um, phishing scams uh, is, is part of how compromise occurs. So phishing means that they send out an email that looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks it looks legit. And you click on a link and you go and log in and they immediately get your username and password and then they'll ask you to um, confirm your personal identity. What was your date yeah. of birth? When were you born? What's your mother's maiden name? Um, those sorts of things are the really, they're, they're the simple, I'm going to say they're the simple ones um, because they're the most common. They're also the easiest ones for us to fall for because we will get an email. We are normally busy and we'll go, yeah, yeah, I'll just do that now and be, be done with it. Your best bet is to just, if it says you think your bank account's been compromised, put it to the side of your bank. Yeah. Just pick up the phone and ring someone. I had um, a message I'll guarantee this, that this week about <clears throat> the... Um, I've lost my phone, Mum. I need money to buy a new phone. And I looked at the message and I thought, oh, my God, which child are you? Right. So. Right. Because that's actually a really good one. So um, let's talk about that one and talk about how else that one actually plays out. Um, Facebook Messenger is a big one for that. Someone's um, account will get uh, duplicated. Yeah. So what, the, what someone will do... They talk about, oh, my account was hacked. So the accounts are not hacked. What someone does is they come along and they duplicate your account. They steal your profile picture. They create an account with your name and your profile picture and then connect to your friends list. So if your friends list is public, that is how they will find out who your friends are. They will connect with those people and send out friends requests. Most people will accept the friends request thinking, I'm sure we were already friends, but oh, whatever, I'll just say yes. Then they'll start up a messenger conversation with them. Hello, Mum. Hey, Mum. Mum's fed me. Because <laughs> I, I look like I'm about to fade away. Um, so, yeah, um, 
And then they'll start up a messenger conversation and they'll tell you something like, look, I'm stuck. I've got no money. I, I, I need to get home and I need to get to train and my credit card's not working. I've got no cash on me. Can you send me some money? Uh, and for all you know is you're talking to the same, you're talking to your friend, but you're not really. You're talking to this duplicate account. Mm. Uh, so if you get a friend request from someone that you think you've already connected with, go and check your friends list. <laughs> Because I'll, guarantee, I'll almost guarantee that there's a 99% chance that you are already friends with that person and you are still friends yeah. with that person and this is a scam. Um, so that's that's a good one. So you said the text messages, they can take that through any number of ways to do it. Um, the other one that I, I kind of I get really frustrated at and roll my eyes at is the surveys or the... Um, your, your superhero name is the first letter of your first name and the second letter of your middle name. and the, um, So they go out and people start responding to them. And whilst that information on its own is not useful, when you combine that with enough of those sorts of things, they can get a real profile on who you are and they will know. Well, they won't know, but they'll have a good idea of what you use as your um, standard security questions, standard security answers, um, any passphrases you might use to, to get through the things. Because let's face it, most of us will use a pet's name, mum's um, maiden name, dad's, dad's name, um, that where, where, we, where your parents were born as some form of security uh, check to get through things. And when you consider the amount of data that we share on, on things like Facebook and Twitter and they're just those really simple things like, you know, what's your favourite glass of wine? What's your favourite um, type of dog? What, what, what would you do here? That's all information that gets milled and checked and collated. And all of a sudden, they know so much more about you than you think they could ever know yeah. because over time you've been providing them information so don't respond to those sorts of things please <laughs> please don't play <laughs> the game but don't play their games no so yeah so um i mean that was a fascinating conversation you and i had because it came out of um the field for me actually how do we know I'm like what, what do you mean? And I was trying to get from you exactly the context. The context. <laughs> because, I, um, well, the answer is you don't really, but you have to rely on other people's policies and procedures. And it's a matter of, you know, you mitigate, you mitigate your risk by taking, by handing that risk off to someone else. <laughs> but, I saw, but I think we need to start asking the question. And I think we need to, like, what happens if your data gets breached? What do you do? Yeah, what are your policies? How yeah. will I know? Will you let me know if your data gets breached? Yeah. And look, honestly, if you go to people like Google and Microsoft and Zoho and Zero, Asu and all of those, they've got their policies and procedures there. Mm. Um, it is all there. You just have to troll through their information to find it. You do have to, but I believe got that, to for it. I believe Microsoft, Zoho, and Google are fair. They're um, 
security is really quite up there. It is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, it's up there as it's as up there as it up there can be. Um, I, I always use the statement: it doesn't matter how good a mousetrap you do, there's always going to be a smarter mouse. <laughs> oh, and there is. The so, amount yeah. of money that is being thrown at hacking, excuse me, hacking and is huge. Absolutely huge. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's because the money they make from it can be absolutely huge too. So, so um, I and think also, I guess now's a really good time to start mentioning it. Given, given that we're coming into the school holidays and the holiday period, um, watch the number of attempts on your website, on your accounts go up. Kids are going to go on holidays. Kids are going to get bored, start getting bored. Um, I, I, like I run hosting services, so I see it. I see the, I see the alerts mm. come through. I see the blocks go through. Um, and it, I call them scritch kitties. <laughs> That's all they are. They're just kids. Oh, they're just kids. They're, they're, they're people who get bored and just want to do something. And when people say, well, what do they get out of it? Well, for a lot of these people, they just get the, the pleasure of knowing they can do it. Why do they do it? Because they can. I believe Energy Queensland, who um, Karen is on the board with, they 40,000 hits per day. Yep. Actually, that's a lot. Now, I would think that's a little low, to be honest, given who they are and what they do. That's, that's a, a lot of hits, That's right? a massive amount of hits. It's a massive amount of money that people are putting in to do this. Well, I mean, is that hacking attempts or is that just hits in general? No, th these were hacking attempts. Right, yeah, yeah. So, um... The other thing that they can do is uh, hire by the hour um, service space to run their hacking attempts from, which is yeah. why it's really hard to pin them down because they'll, they'll go and get service space somewhere, run up their scripts, let them run for the hour, hammer a couple of sites. Mm. They start to get picked up. They pull them down. They move on to the next set of services to do the same thing again. Mm. It, it's... Yeah, I, I got to say, as much as I love this time of year, and I really do love this time of year, this is my favourite time of year. Um, it's also kind of the worst time of year because I do see the hacking against go up. I do see Majorly. the exploits go up, um, which is why, you know, I, you, you know what I'm like about now. We must make sure the updates are true. We mm. must make sure that things are up to date. Um, don't share passwords via email. Use use one of the password managers to share a card with you. Um, yeah, because that's where you're going to go. That's where you'll get done. Mm. Uh, but that all said, there is only so much you can do to protect yourself. The other thing you need to have is your threat and risk assessments done and your policies and procedures around... Yep. If this does happen, how? What do we do? How do we manage this? Yep. Agreed. Yep. And policies and procedures are 
are the most important. No, not the most important, but they are important, really important to have in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mean, you take the view, this will happen. When this happens, this is what we will do. Yes. And, yep. you know, I mean, let's work on the Pareto principle. You spend 80% of your time to uh, address something that <coughs> might have a 20% probability of happening. I, I think that's high too. You know, it, it might never happen. But it is, it's like you've got to manage. It is very much so. So it sounds like you had a good, uh, good, good conversation with this girl or this girl, uh, oh, not lady. Look, sorry, <laughs> it, it really was a fantastic webinar. And it, thank you to Leanne Lewis and Australian Net, um, Bookkeeping Network for putting it on for us. Fantastic. Hmm. Kind of a little jealous. It sounds like something I would have been fascinated in. I did. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> Five million, five million notes and oh, great stuff. So, what else did we? What do you have to say? So, um, sorry, I'm stuttering here. What else were you doing this week? I think you said you had a STP um, webinar that you were doing. Uh, I did one this morning about how difficult is why is payroll so difficult? <laughs> oh dear me! I, I I know why payroll is so difficult. And well, I don't know why, but I won't have payroll. So that's good. <laughs> Do you know, like it's just simple things like Western Australia has its own industrial um, relations system. So, so unless you work for a PTY LTD company, you're on, you're on our system. But our but the whole thing is just really all over the place and it's like there's no matching for it. It just makes it so, to me, and long service leave is managed by every different state that you live in. Workers' compensation okay. is managed by every state that you live in. Maternity leave and all the other stuff. Like so you, you might be employed by a New South Wales company but depending on on where you live and, and your award and all the rest of it depends on what you're paid. Yes. Yeah, hmm. I yeah, yeah, yes. 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 So yeah. Yeah, payroll's one of those ones of oh and, and then you, you know, that that that's one thing. And then you've got to find a worry about your tax and your super and <laughs> that's, next, that's, that's next module. <laughs> Because when I um, started doing all of this, um, super was paid manually. We had to sit down and work mm. out our super every month mm. and make sure. Or, and then I think we deposited it every quarter. Um, yep. So we had I, I put money away into a provisions account. And then I every quarter I'd sit down and make sure I paid it out. And then... Um, it, it, like I said, it's really different now. But I had several mm. different um, superannuation providers. Each of my employees could nominate their, their super provider. Yeah. So I had several different super providers. And each <coughs> one did it differently. Everyone yep. did it differently. Did it differently. It's just so hard. <laughs> and now you have stapled super funds and, and all the other stuff that goes with it. So, um so, yeah, so I did that this morning. That was interesting. But, yeah. Excellent. 
Wow, that sounds fantastic. Honestly, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'd love to hear what you're learning. <laughs> Later, not now. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not today. <laughs> oh, dear. So I, I don't know. I, you can see the sky behind me. Oh, it's stunning. Stunningly beautiful as always. Isn't it gorgeous? Mm. Oh, it really is beautiful. And we were just watching the bats go overhead. <laughs> They're not up in the trees walking tonight yet. Covering my neck. <laughs> oh no, they're, they're just little fruit bats. <laughs> little, 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 little fruit bats. <laughs> uh, I have uh, when um. We had a property north of Perth for quite a while, and when we were little, and my dad and my dad was still alive, um, and we occasionally used to get a bat in the house. So the bats were this big, and they had to go sideways to get through the doorways. <laughs> and I, I remember like being curled up asleep one get, night. My, were, you little, were you little when this happened? <laughs> yes, I was. I was little, and my dad coming through and pouncing on my bed. And and moving my bed between the, the wall away, and I kind of went down the hole. And my dad said, protecting us from these bats that were this big. <laughs> it is one of, one of my childhood memories. And my, my nan was, um, some mum's mum used to come and stay with us quite often. And she was, she, this bat's flying through, and she's holding her hair, and she's squealing. And I didn't quite know why, but it was the thought of getting the bat caught in her hair that she was worried about. So anyway, so yeah, we had these bats that were this big and going, yeah. <laughs> so um, Probably... my big one at the moment is the baby cat and toads that hatched around here and they're only like this big. Oh. But when I walk across the ground out there, they'll crown the moon. Put on my big boots. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, squish, squish, squish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're real quick though. It's really yeah. hard to catch them. <laughs> but yeah, I've had my experience with cane toads now. I've never seen a cane toad. <laughs> I've never seen one. We don't have them. No, they're, they're um oh they're endemic up here now. Yeah. The ibis. So right. The ibis they've come quite a long way south. Okay, so there was there was a thing the other day saying about the ibis and the cane toad. Mm. Yeah, they pick them up and they throw them around in their beak and frighten them, mm. and then throw them. And as they throw them, they kind of like get rid of all their poison, and then they eat them. Uh, so yeah, so that's one of the things that we have to watch with with um, the dog, is that he doesn't go out and grab one. Um, that's oh, yeah. done a really good job at training him to leave them alone. But apparently, if you grab one and, and you squeeze it, it um, yeah. makes the, 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 the poison yeah. um, pump faster, which is a euphoria. <sighs> makes them high. <laughs> what? So they want to do it more. It makes them high. Oh. So they do it more <laughs> to get more of it. <laughs> Apparently, Dettol. Dettol? 
Spray death hole on them. Okay. So I walk around the caravan. I've got to get a spray bottle again and, and more death hole. I walk around the van and spray this one <laughs> death hole around the van. Where's your sunset gone to? Oh, it's gone there. I know, but it just goes so quickly. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, so um, I'm just trying to think if we've got much else to say. I mean, I've had such a week. It's been busy. Um, but there's nothing. It's all very busy. It's great, though. Certainly not complaining. Oh, I know what I'm saying about. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Strange that. Wasn't our podcast, it was someone else's. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had a product manager and an engineer on uh, and they were talking about, you know, the businesses they were running and the things that they've learned over time. And the engineer said it was rather a rather an interesting experience for him because he went into this other a new job and they <laughs> stuck a product management, a product manager label on him. <laughs> um, and called him a project manager, a product manager, not an engineer and he said it was such a culture change for him a culture shock for him because as an engineer you are focused on the how of things how do I do this how does this work how how am I going to deliver as a product manager you're focused on the why and the what and that got me to yeah, and that really got me to thinking a lot about, you know, the things that I've been doing, the things that where I've been working and yeah, I'm good at the how. I can do the how. That's not a problem. But most people who deal with me will notice that when they say, Can I do this? Or yeah, how would I do this? I'll go, Well, what are you trying to do and why are you trying to do it? <laughs> because once I understand that I can tell you the how. But the how might change depending on what it is you're trying to do and why it is you're trying to do it yeah um i just found that a fascinating sort of eye-opener for me so that's something that we should think about um as we as we move forward as business owners is yeah it's not just how do we do this but why are we doing it and what are we doing or what are we doing and why are we doing it maybe in that order might be better it's a fascinating kind of um, mindset change. Change in thinking, isn't it? It really, really is. Yeah, yeah. But kind of, it, like I said, it really helped me with the um, um, oh, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, that's how I do it. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. <laughs> it was fascinating. Anyway, mate, I think um, we, we've done a good good chat this week. Um, we have. I hope people have enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed my sunset. It's all gone now. See, oh no, not quite. I know your sun. I know it's still light here, and the, the sun's about to fall down and tell me it's time to knock off because I can't see my screens anymore. See now, this is a good. This is a good thing. <laughs> but I hope it everyone's is. had a great week. Um, cheers for tippy time. Cheers, my yeah, darling. Nearly, I only, I, I've only drunk one this week. <laughs> um, and we will catch you all in a probably a fortnight, I think. Yes. <laughs>
in a fortnight. It won't be Christmas, but it will be close to Christmas. So maybe we need to have our Christmas. Christmas. And I have a major planning weekend happening next week, which is really exciting. How exciting. Well, you can tell us all about it then. I so will. Have a good week. Have a good week, guys, and take care, Gail. Take care, Charlie. Talk to you soon. And that brings us to the end of Tiffy Time for the week. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and we hope you join us next week. See you later, guys.